You're listening to the Sagas and Sass podcast. This episode features audio from a previously aired live video webcast. Tara. Welcome to Sagas and Sass. I'm here with fellow hosts Nick and Jonathan. Um, Our host Nami uh, has had a bit of an emergency and probably won't be here tonight. We might have one or two other people joining us later in the stream, but for now, just wanted to say we are here because we have a lot of thoughts and feelings about Shadow and Bone. This is season one, episode 17, covering season one of Netflix's Shadow and Bone, based on the Grishaverse trilogy and the Six of Crows duology. If you're watching live, join us in the chat, or after the fact, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Sagas and Sass to continue the conversation. And just a reminder, the views expressed in this show are those of the hosts and as individuals, and do not necessarily represent the show as a whole. Okay, so we don't usually do this, but spoiler warning, this webcast covers all of season one of Shadow and Bone, so if you haven't seen the entire season, listen no further. That said, we will be avoiding a book discussion at first, and we will give a very loud additional spoiler warning before we move on to any major show versus book comparisons. So if you haven't read the books, you're safe for now. Um, now, you know, gosh, we have a lot that we could talk about. Uh, with so uh, who wants to get started? We're, we're going to uh, we're going to start with just kind of talking about our favorite things or moments, things about or moments in the show. Um, and we all kind of came up with like one to three uh, favorite moments. And with Nami missing, we know what hers would be. So we are probably going to cover hers as well, because I'm pretty sure a lot of them were also ours. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't know. Um, I, I'll go I'll go first. We're, we're going to I think we should probably jump back and forth and feed off of each other with these, yes. even though, you know, we, we have a, a document that kind of lists everybody's opinions one by one. But that's no fun. So um, and, and also my number one is I'm pretty sure at least two other people's number one, <laughs> uh, which is Jesper. Oh, my uh, gosh. Like, oh, my gosh. I just every everything. Listen, I, I actually, I'm, I'm trying to remember which episode it was. It was maybe Crooked Kingdom when we were covering Crooked Kingdom where I spoke about. I wasn't, I liked just for a lot, but, you know, he wasn't one of my favorite characters. Wow, 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 wow. The, the show uh, really just, just changed that, honestly. Um, because, like... The, the actor, the choice of actor was, you know, not that I ever questioned that, honestly, but like, I've never seen him act in anything before. So it's like, he looks right. Can he, and in the pictures, he, he looks like he's in the, in the trailers. He looks like he's got the character down, but like, there's eight episodes of this. Can he really do it? Uh, yes, he could, by the way. Um, yes. And also oh just they, the way they wrote him, he's quotable as fuck. Um, mm -hmm. and like, don't even, <laughs> like, I think like when I first, the, the, when I first watched, um, cause I've watched it twice through now. And the first time I went through episode three, I tweeted about Jesper X emotional support goat, AKA <laughs> Milo, um, Milo. who then became plot convenience goat later. Uh, but you know, like I'm still here for it. 
and Absolutely. I just like like and and yeah. Also, for anybody who doesn't know, Milo has a Twitter now. It's at Milo the Goat, <laughs> and like it's all it's already pretty hilarious. So um, so beautiful. Yeah, I I, I just really. Uh, Nick is. I know Nami was going to scream about Jesper as well, but I, Nick, I know you have a lot of feelings. Like, yeah, everything and, about it. Kit Young, who's the actor who plays him, is just perfection. Like, I lo I love the character Jesper in the books, uh, but Kit just like brought him to life in a way that is just incredible and. Is probably one of the best performances, in my opinion, of the show. Um, also, this isn't a, a spoiler, but uh, if you haven't read the books, what happens with the Six of Crows characters in the show isn't in the books. Uh, it's sort of like a, a, a prelude to the books. And um, it just really fleshes out some, the characters some, and I particularly love the way that it fleshed out Jesper. It just really gave him moments to shine. And he just has this, I don't know, like he, he just embodies the role in a way that is just so like chef's kiss. Like, Mwah, I love it. It's perfect. Thank you. More of that, please. So you're, you're mute. Yeah, go ahead, Jonathan. <laughs> well, I also thought Jesper was great. Um, and, but uh, of the crows, I, thought Inej was the one that I just, I thought she did a great job. And I thought that actress was perfect for that role. Um, so that was my favorite of the crows uh, as they are today without um, spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into well, anything else later. I also love the interactions between Inej and Jesper. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like it really builds that relationship some. and. You know they're they're friends in the books, but uh, you really get that sense of friendship and camaraderie from the ways that the actors portray them, and I really appreciated that. Yeah, and and agreed. Like like listen, I loved all three of them. Like if I had to pick one that I loved the least, it would probably be Kaz, and only only because that he felt a little bit too soft spoken for me. Um, but like, I can like definitely see that. Yeah, like the actor, his facial expressions, his 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 you know look, you know, it wasn't that he did a bad job in the role. He did a great job, but yeah, I I, I do wish he hadn't been sorry quite so uh, soft spoken. It just it just felt he didn't feel quite as harsh as I would have liked him. Mm -hmm. So now that we were discussing Kaz, actually, I I also thought he was the weakest, and but part of it is I. The way he played that role was so similar to how, and I don't know who the actor is, but the actor who is playing um, Alfred Pennyworth in the show Pennyworth. It's like you could have just swapped them and they could have been exactly the same character. And that bugged me because it's like, this isn't Pennyworth. He's not supposed to be Alfred Pennyworth and I've just been watching this other show and it was like their mannerisms, their cadences were very similar, and it it bothered it, that that just bothered me, and it's it's not what I expected. Sure. Yeah. 
Um, and, and, and I don't want to get too much into like things we might not have loved totally, but uh, like, I, I, you know, I, I just feel like the, the crows themselves as a whole were well, re really well done. Um, and like, even with that minor complaint about crows being a little soft-spoken, uh, you know, I, the, the casting was great for all of them. And uh, like, I just, that was kind of one of my, one of the other things that was one of my favorite things or moments was just their little mini heists throughout, mm -hmm. um, you know, like, like it's easy to talk about this type of stuff without mentioning anything from the books, like, because a lot of it was just like, you know, just, just seeing them in, in a, in a realm where like, we never thought we would get to see them, you know? Um, and, and the way that they, and I think, uh, I can't remember if it was Nami or Nick that wanted to, I think it was you, Nick, you, the, the way they, you, you can go on. Cause you're, you were mentioning the way they melded their backstories and everything into the season. Yeah. Well, I touched on it a little bit because, uh, like I said, you know, this is all happening before the books. So the way that they really, like, pretty seamlessly, I felt, uh, told those stories alongside the stories of Shadow and Bone and then integrated it into the books where these characters aren't in the Shadow and Bone trilogy. Uh, so we get these introductions to the characters in ways that feel like it makes sense to the story. And it didn't, it, 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 for me at least, it wasn't jarring or anything, which is one of the things I was worried about was like, how are they gonna have these two stories that, uh, you know, the characters aren't even there for uh, meld together. And I felt like they did a fantastic job. I really, really appreciated it. And there were some just really wonderful moments across the board. Uh, the characters from Shadow and Bone, with the Six of Crows, and then vice versa, which I really applaud and, you know, has to come down to Lee being pretty significantly involved in the series uh, and to work to make sure that those characters are handled well in that it hasn't been written yet. Which, um, and, and this is a bit of a side note, uh, did everybody notice Lee hugging Alina in, uh, I believe it was when she met the king in the first like the like like the first time she showed her powers like in public yeah. like on purpose um but it, one of the summoners in the blue came and hugged alina and it was lee the author of the books and i was like oh hey that's the author i'm pretty sure it was then and not the and not the later time um when she does like the actual full show uh but yeah i i i was really like oh like like I knew that she was there, you know, in the background, but it was cool that she actually got to step forward and and hug, hug. Uh, yeah. So. Have a little moment. Yeah, yeah. So and I, I had to watch it twice to see that, by the way. So. <laughs> so I was overall, I was really pleased with how the whole thing was shot. Um, mm -hmm. I thought it just looked gorgeous throughout, with the possible exception of they didn't go to Iceland to film the snow scenes, but um, so I'm, we're spoiled with that. But other than the, those winter scenes in the woods, which I didn't think were as strong as everything else, I thought that it just looked fabulous. Well, I um, I mean, I know that they, they, they filmed, uh, was it all of it in Hungary? 
or at least most of it. Um, and, and the crazy thing is like, I kept looking cause they, I knew that they filmed a bunch in Budapest and like, I was like, I was, I, it's been like 10 years since I've been there, but I was like hoping to see places I've recognized. But I think I had to, I hate to say this. I'm going to have to go back and watch. I hate to say this. I'm going to have to go back and watch a third time. Cause I feel like I like, I know the little palace was like a is like a country home that they filmed in in Hungary, but I know like I remember seeing like pictures and hearing that they were filming on the the castle hill in the middle of Budapest. So I was like waiting to see that. It might have been the scenes when Alina was running around in the narrow alleyways in um, was it Novo? No, not Novo Kupiersk. It was Osalta. Osalta. One of those places where she was running around in alleyways. <laughs> no, no, it had to be with other. It was, it was an old Ravka, as they call it in the show. Um, so I, I, you know, I really want to like. I, I really what I need is for somebody to put together like a list of act, like places they filmed and which scenes mm, were filmed mm -hmm. there. Because like I did see someone post about the little palace and exactly where that is out in the, kind of out in the country in Hungary, but like, I want to know more, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, I agree that the 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 way it was shot was really good. Um, I, I know that, I think we all, we, and we've talked about it when watching like the, uh, the trailers and stuff like we and seeing the photos you know like the costumes we always knew those were going to be amazing but actually seeing them you know on screen for hours and hours oh was just yeah fantastic i mean who doesn't want a kefta right now i want one so bad <laughs> and i don't like the darkling but Holy geez, those clothes. Like, oh, I want to wear everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, his outfits were, were choice, let's be real. Like, I mean, and and, and just, I, I did see, you know, somebody asked um, in one of the uh, Grishaverse, or maybe it was a shadow, one of the Facebookers I'm in for the, for the fandom, like somebody was like, you know, who loves the Keftas? Who wants a Kefta? And I was like, I just want people to know that like, if you see anybody selling these for less than probably at minimum $400, it's not yeah. going to look anything like what it is in the show. You know, I just, just FYI, minimum. like it's going to be like screen printed or something like, what, you know, what, material, what material would they have to use for those? I would they, say wool. Some of them look like wool. Some of them look like silk, like, like actual. Yeah. That's like, what I was thinking was like silk. actual silk. Oh, you mean like a Sad. Like the stiffer silk. Yes, yeah. yeah, the stuff that they used in Game of Thrones a lot. Um, yeah. You know, but it's it really it's and which is a, an expensive fabric, but like really, it's not embroidery. Like for them, it's like they created yeah. a pattern and they had machines, you know, embroidering those on, you know, no problem. And it was still probably mm -hmm. pricey, but like you know, to to, I'm I, I mean honestly, I'm 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 waiting. I I want one too. I'll pay prime price for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Seriously. Thankfully, with embroidering for a really machines, good once, one. Yeah, when somebody creates a pattern, it shouldn't be so bad. But like, I hope I just want people to understand, especially because I think there's a lot of people who um, are new to like this fandom or to to like costuming at that level, at least in the groups that I'm in. That you know, they don't 
they don't know how expensive this stuff is because yeah. this is somebody's like sweat, blood, and tears that goes into it. Uh, I would love I, to hear from the costuming director for the show. Let's be real. But I also wouldn't be surprised if we see like a hot topic run of Kef. Oh gosh. <laughs> for sure for sure i've been surprised they haven't come out with other merch like i've seen it from oh yeah out of print i think has like some t-shirts mm -hmm. and stuff but like that's yep. it just t-shirts so i'm like where are all the like where where are the where are the kefta-esque clothes from hot topic because they are like, yeah. really cool looking no matter what you know <laughs> although Absolutely. it is summer so wrong time of year or well late spring so wrong i don't time care if it looked cool, like I want to hold out and get a really nice one, but if it looked cool and uh, I would still absolutely buy one right now, uh, yeah. even if it wasn't the highest quality one, just to be but, like, yeah. yep, I got my kefta. Mm -mm -mm. Like seeing all of these things that we just saw glimpses of in the trailers, like the the sets, the costumes, the, the mm -hmm. location shoots, it was just like seeing it on screen, it's like, you know, there's always that concern that they put the best of things in the trailers, but they actually yep. didn't at all. Like no. they, they really, they did a really good job cutting those trailers because there was a lot of it that was like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Didn't know they oh, wow. You know? Yeah. Oh, there were so many moments that it just felt so good. Like it, it just, it was so wonderful to see the material handled so well. Obviously, yeah. we're big fans of it. We've been reading it for, I mean, some of us read some, at least some of the books years ago, but like, yeah, <laughs> we read the full run of the books for the last like almost a year now. And well, is it like seven, eight months? It's been a while. Yeah, it's seven, eight months. And, and so, not just reading it, but, but discussing them and everything. Yeah. And also just constantly all the new show news and everything. Yeah. So, so we're yeah, invested and so to get to see it and to be this happy with it like that's a gift yeah i mean like i mean the, the, you know the costumes the the locations over the casting you know which we yeah. already talked about with jesper a little bit and inej um but to be honest like the casting as a whole with the exception of one person which i'll get into yeah. that later we'll, um, we'll talk about is, that <laughs> yeah this is more of a like it's a lot more of a book comparison thing i think we could probably talk about it without totally spoiling but still better safe than yeah, sorry I think so. um but like the casting you know with the exception of this one character was so on point uh zero gripes about any of the main characters at least and like the writing and directing same um yeah you know i i i because there's always there's always a they could cast everybody and they could look great but maybe the writing isn't great or the writing is mm -hmm. great and the, the the person you know you you know they could do it well but like the directing you know they it can it can mess things up but I don't think it did in any of these cases yeah and sometimes they can't do it well yeah that's true that's true too but yeah I mean especially a lot of these are young actors and and you know, fairly inexperienced, you mm -hmm. know, like bit parts and a lot of little things and stuff like that. So uh, I, I was just, yeah, not, and again, I think this whole, I, I hope part of this is that yes, Lee was so involved and also like, was like this person, you know, I, we, we did hear that there was some, when she was like doing cast, helping them with casting stuff, she would say like this person embodies the role. I mean, in the in the mm -hmm. event that we did for Rule of Wolves back at the end of March, she was speaking about uh, Nina, who's I can't remember the actress's name, but she you know said like this person, this actress embodies Nina. Um, 
so it, it was just all ah. <laughs> yeah well now that you've mentioned nina that was my other favorite one of my other favorite parts of it i think the actress just nailed it yeah yeah, yeah she was, liked her a lot she, she was uh the way she kind of flowed from one character to another, if that makes sense, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because because the the whole point of Nina um, in the show is that she is a she is a an experienced spy, and like you know she's Kalish one moment she can as as uh, Matthias said she can speak Theoden like a you know like a native like a native. Thank you, Cyrus. <laughs> uh but you know so so it was really just i, I yeah I, I i like i said i have zero complaints about the main characters um what you know ben barnes did a, not that i would not that i really thought he wouldn't because i mean yeah. ben barnes is great He's but ben like barnes. he did such a great job with the darkling like bringing yeah. nuances to the screen that uh you know that that character needed um, because as uh, my fiance said, you know, like a few episodes in, he was like, uh, like, is this a bad guy? Like, <laughs> but wait, they, 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 got a, they got a romance thing going on, don't they? And he, he's like, you know, he, he like, could, like, I think we all could feel that the guy wearing all black was probably going to be the bad guy. Like, even if you've never read the books, but at the same time, like, <laughs> There was, I don't know, like it was all, it was all done so well. And even when it comes out that he is, um, you know, you get, you actually see some of his backstory and everything. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's, there's a lot more, you, you get to feel that empathy for this character, even though like, you know, he's bad and he's like, you know, he's, he's a bad guy, but like, there's still, there's more humanity to him, you know, and, and. Yeah. obviously some of that as the writing and like things that they showed in the show uh as a whole like like with his story that we wouldn't have seen otherwise you know uh, um but i you know the 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 acting and the the directing and everything was just like on point with him for yep. for, for sure i i just uh, uh, I, I, it, it's so hard because like I have little gripes, but they're all such little tiny ones. Um, I mean, so other other than uh, one of the things that Nami mentioned uh, was that she loved seeing uh, Mikhail and Dubrov and their relationship with Mal, uh, which yeah. is another thing we'll touch on some more later, I think. But um, yeah, I, I agree. Like seeing, you know, just having those like bro moments, like hunting deer in the woods was just, it was great. Like it was, it was a nice little escape. Like it was part of the story, obviously, but it was still a nice little escape from like, I don't know, like, like Alina being bullied at the little palace. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. Or, or like the constant rush of, you know, Kaz trying to figure out how the fuck they were going to get across the fold, which... Oh God! Like the conductor, that was that was like a really cool. The, the, I was yes. like, what is going on here? But like, you know, like in, it, I think like in the show, because Nick, you, I think it was you said you really loved their portrayal of the fold. It was a lot more. I think it was a lot more dangerous in the show yeah. than like what we were led to believe. Um, you know, previously. So like, I, I, uh, 
the fact that there actually is a dude that like carts people across the fold is like mm -hmm. in, in a train. Um, you know, That's I, very cool. Yeah, um, I really loved that, and I loved the way that they they handled the fold. I wasn't sure how that was going to happen, but it was really done fantastically, um, both visually and the I think from a uh, oh my gosh, it looks so good. Like when the first one appears behind, I forget which character it is, the one who lights the lamp. Uh, it was just like a, such a great moment. And the person and, who, who I wanted to kill instantly, who lit the lamp? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I know, right? Oh my gosh. Like, you had one you, job. Whatever you do, don't light, light a lamp. First yeah. thing, light the lamp. Uh, and, and, you know, so, gosh, I just, it's so hard to like, like talk about the show without mentioning anything about the books at all. Um, but, uh, you know, let's see, we've talked about our, you know, the, the characters that were, you know, cast really well and, and did a really good job. Um, the costuming, obviously, uh, was there anything else great we want to talk about before we move on to some like, eh, things we like, didn't necessarily love. I mean, we'll be here all night if we talk about all the things that I love. That's true. One, one thing oh, I, I do I, want to quickly I, mention is I love the goth off between Kaz and the Darkling. Yeah. Uh, like every scene they, that one of them was in, I was like, ooh, who's going to be darker this time? Who's going to be gother this time? And then when they have that moment in the alleyway, it was just like, oh, I love it. It's perfect. <laughs> um, I mean, I will also say, like, I when I first started, like, my notes for covering this show on this webcast, I was going episode by episode, and I realized very quickly that this would get completely out of hand. Yeah. It'd be here for, like, a day. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, uh, you know, some, some things that, and I don't, like, I, I don't want to even say, like, things we dislike necessarily, but, like, least favorite or not not favorite things or like little gripes <laughs> non-positive wtf moments um yeah well i was not as positive on the crow's storyline as nick i, or I mean me, I, guess. <laughs> I, I i thought it was great fan service but i didn't think it helped the plot of this story significantly i didn't think it changed anything um so well, it can't it may, change anything. What? It can't change anything. Well, I mean, well, it can. You can go the deck. What I describe as the Dexter route versus the um, route of Harry Potter and Game of Thrones at least sure, the first four sure. seasons, where you just totally deviate. But um, I, I just, it, to me, and that now this gets into my second problem with having the crows in here so soon is I think it took away from the secondary characters' development. And that like we who? didn't get enough of those secondary characters like we did in the first book. That's, you know. I'm curious who you felt like. Yeah, can, can you say which ones without? Well, I felt, I felt Jenya and Zoya got short shrift. Um, I mean, there were... I feel like Zoya didn't really have much more character development in the book than she did in the show. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to get like too deep into that. I, yeah, I, we shouldn't I, get too I, deep. I, I think. I think that I agree with you a little bit on Genya, though. Uh, yes, I, I, I agree do. on Genya. Um, I do agree with that. 
just just because like even even like if you've never read the books and you're watching this show like she does not seem I, I have to imagine she doesn't seem like a very important character she doesn't you know she's her friendship with Alina was not was not portrayed the best and I think some of that was because of time constraints um yeah. you know like like at, at the end you know when you see that she is a traitor to Alina at least essentially um it, it just feels kind of like okay so like she was just a girl who did her makeup yeah and, like let her around some like uh I felt like I actually felt like Nina's relationship with Nadia and Marie was like better portrayed like if that's like like if we're talking about like friendships between Alina and the other Grisha, their mm -hmm. their friendship was like was portrayed better and like you saw more of it than you know any sort of a relationship with her and Genya where she would actually feel Genya, sorry, where she would actually feel, you know, as betrayed as she appeared to be toward, you know, in, in episode seven or whatever it was. And I also felt that because of that extra time invested in the crows, the political backstory was also an understanding if you're trying to think about the whole world as a whole wasn't built out enough for a, for the first season I definitely and i'm not sure how i would have done that to be honest yeah. but i i just think that that's what some of the stuff they lost i mean if you're only gonna have eight episodes you could have gone to 10 and then done some of that but one of my complaints is that i felt like if you hadn't read the books uh, you know, obviously for this one, the, the first Shadow and Bone book, uh, it would, would be a lot harder to jump into it. Um, they don't really talk, other than that there is a war, they, they don't really talk a whole lot about the different factions. Right. Uh, they don't really get that much into the different Grisha orders or anything like that, which admittedly, they also didn't get deeply into in the books until a couple books in where you start to really learn about that but they didn't even really explain the different orders or anything uh no. you just mostly get introduced to them by them doing different stuff and so i Which... feel like for a new viewer who uh, isn't as familiar with the universe they get a little lost in what all's happening and the cuts between the different areas I, I don't know. That was my my feeling, yeah. and I watched it with my girlfriend, and uh, she. Uh, th those were some of the things that she was expressing, and so I every once in a while I would stop and be like, "Okay, we're in Ketterdam. Here's the important stuff to know about Ketterdam." Yeah, I, I, you know, and and some of that is like, especially with like the orders. I I get the you know some of that was probably a show don't tell, uh, yeah. you know, but yeah, I, I th there was. Um, there was so little of Alina's training portrayed. Like there was the little scene mm -hmm. with Botkin. There's the scenes with Bagra, of course, but there's nothing else at all. And like, and and I think that's kind of you know that would have been a good addition. And I, of course, I know that there's time constraints and everything. Maybe there's deleted scenes, you know. But yeah, I, I think that some more like training, even if it's just montages where you see a little bit more from. Each, you know, because like like a scene with the tide makers working at the lake or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, like like, and and I'm hoping it was just you know time constraints and and not that we're never gonna get you know more explanation. But yeah, I I, I do agree that um, 
what they added did kind of subtract a little bit from the world building for people who haven't read the books. Uh, I've had several people ask me if they need to read the books before they watch the show. And I said, you know, after watching it through twice, I don't believe you need to, but if you haven't read them, you need to pay like very, like you can't be watching or, or you, you can't be like, like doing other things while you're yeah. watching this. It's, 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 I mean, it's like game of Thrones. If you'd never read the you know song of ice and fire before watching that show, you'd be so lost if you didn't either. It, it, you actually, I think you'd be lost if you didn't have somebody like a friend to explain it to you without spoiling mm-hmm. things. Um, and, and this isn't quite that bad because it's not quite as many locations and people, but like mm-hmm. God, when I say not quite as many, even, even, even the first season of Game of Thrones probably have like three times as many like major characters. Yeah. But, uh, you know, but yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, and, and for me, like, I know, uh, I, I think Nick, you didn't quite agree with this. I felt like the, the Nina and Matthias stuff seemed like kind of out of place like like it was season two material that they shoved into season one for the sake of that last scene on the ship where nina sees the crows and like kind of like you can see that there's going to be something that happens there because she hears them say they need a heart render she's a heart render um you know and, and she asks them about uh yes yeah, so if she asks them if alina is dead um and everything but like to me, it just felt like if, if it just, even having read the books, it felt just, I don't know, like, like it, it just shoved in there and like, why am I interested? Why do I care about these characters for, and, and then of course at the very end, there's that moment with Nina and, and, and where she like overhears them and whatever, but it's like before that though, even the little things they do to try to bring it in where, you know, the darkling is like, sorry, general. Where's my spy? Yeah. Yeah. It just, it just was like out of the blue, like, where's my spy? You all of a sudden care about this disappeared spy. Like you've been pretty damn focused on Alina for a while. Like now you suddenly are bringing this up, like go send Fedor, like one of the other kind of, you know, not main characters, but absolutely like very high on the list, secondary characters to go search her out. It just, you know, I, I, I didn't hate it. Like I loved the interactions and everything. I, I love that story. I love that journey for them. Shall we say? <laughs> I love uh, that journey for you. I what? love that journey. It's, it's, it's a Shit's Creek reference. I love that yeah. journey for Nina and Matthias. And I love that we got to see it. Uh, but I just felt like it didn't quite fit in with the, the main story arcs in this season, which were the Ketterdam crows getting going to Ravka to get Alina, you know, try to steal Alina out from under the Darklings, you know, gaze, and obviously Alina's story with, you know, at, at the little palace and everything. Um, I'm not sure, I'm still trying to figure out what the goal was to have Alina in Ketterdam. And what that would have done for them, that why they would be that interested. Um, I think it was it was it was very vaguely like referenced that it was going to like like if, if the fold was destroyed, if there was a sun summoner, well, if there was a sun summoner, a the Robkin army, the second army, yeah, no, that part of that was stronger, and also it would disrupt trade if the fold was destroyed because I think Ketterdam was kind of, like the, the higher ups in Ketter, Ketter, Ketterdam, particularly possibly uh, Dreesen with which my God, his mustache. 
his, his mustache. It was something else. It was a character all on its own. Let's be real. It was. But, um, it was. but like, I, I think the main thing was like Drewson was saying, you know, like they all wanted West Ravka to separate from old or yep. East Ravka because it would help the the them with like their trade routes or something. It, it was it was super. It wasn't very specifically like. It wasn't the best, you know, dis like, like way for them to kind of describe it. I, I, it. It was very quickly put. It was another thing that was, I think, just a, just a, a a martyr to you know time constraints. Yeah, and I I do think that it was like if you look back at it, or at least when I was looking back at it, it was very clear that Dreesen was working for uh, the faction in West Ravka that wants to secede, okay. and the general over there who wants to secede. Because that's how he got um, Alexi. Yeah. Because we first see Alexi come out of the fold, and he is in front of that general, and then. Uh, okay, I, I, I so missed that. There has to be. Said, I only watch it once. I missed that. Yeah. No. Yeah, and, and totally I understand. And I think that's that, a, that's another thing about like how how well are you able to pay attention when you're watching yeah. this show? Um, and and Jonathan, I'm sure there's a ton you picked up on because you've read the books that people who haven't read. Oh them yeah. Haven't. So like some I, of them are spoilers I, though, so I can't talk about. Yeah, them. not yet. <laughs> not yet. Um, so uh, uh, the other thing that I just really wanted to get out of the way talking about, and I know Nami doesn't quite agree, but I think Nami's reasons for not agreeing are uh, the reasons I give for why I like am kind of okay with it, uh, which is is maybe whatever the collar that that yeah. that collar. I didn't ever want to have to see Alina's neck. I oh I literally missed the fact. Like I had to talk to Nami because she mentioned it in a chat with me. Um, or maybe maybe in our document, I had to talk with her one on one because I missed the fact that after she pops the darklings. Oh my god! And I saw this reference. I think it was on. I think it was in a Facebook group. They called it the darklings like sun summoner button. Ugh. <laughs> and Ugh. I just about died. Like I was like, oh my god, I hate it so much. But Ugh. also, thank you for this reference, whoever you are. Um, but like when they. <laughs> When she popped the sun summoner button out of the darkling's, you know, hand, I missed that the collar like retracted into her neck. Cause like after that, she wears a cloak up around her neck still the right. entire time. So it's literally, if you're not paying attention in that exact moment, you don't know that you never have to look at that again. And yeah. I was like, it's, 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 I noticed it. it. I noticed it disappeared. Okay. Well, but, I'm glad you she did. Actually, <laughs> she actually pushes it in. Like it's not the, when the thing pops off his hand, no, 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 yeah, it retracts. She, right. she makes the concerted effort of okay, now right. I'm integrating it with myself. Yes, yeah, and, and no, no, I, I, I know that, I know that. I just, I just mean like, thank God, thank God, it, it, it was, you know, uh, just taken in, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, I never had to look at it again. Because yeah. like, I, I. Listen, I don't know why that bothered me so much. I don't generally like gore doesn't really bother me, you know. Um, like like torture stuff does, and I think maybe it felt that looked and felt to me like torture. Like that looks like it hurts. It's like poking at yep. at, at her collarbone. It's not like sunk all the way in. It's like poking. Oh my god, I can't even talk about it. It's like giving me the willies. Oh. Now I missed it. 
I think Nami mentioned about Zoya's amplifier. I missed it. Did you, did you notice Zoya's amplifier? And that was a um, reference to something that happens much later in the books. Well, no, 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 um, no, no, no. She was talking about it, it. It's shown in the trailer. It's shown in the trailer. Zoya goes like this, and you see that her uh, her amplifier is because because like you know throughout the throughout the se the season of Shadow and Bone, they're talking about like how how the amplifiers work and how they have to be you know embedded into the body essentially and in the trailer and i i can't remember what scene it was in the show i think it was with mal she she goes like this and you can see her cough amplifier is like in her skin it's like you can see oh, it on her wrist but it's like embedded also as she turns her wrist so it, it's it was you know it, it it was a reflection, or it was a, a continuity thing, you know, that Alina's uh, aunt, collar was like embedded into her neck, but also ew. And I'm just really yeah. glad that she, you know, that she magicked it into herself and I never have to see it again, at least, you know, whatever, for a while, maybe, I don't know, but. Oh, you, you shouldn't have to see it again. Yeah. Hopefully I ever. just, go, going later for spoilers, I just thought of something very rude and wrong. <laughs> you can yeah, hold on to that. Push that down the list. Um, so, so uh, you know, and and without, um, I, I think the I think kind of the rest of my gripes and also my favorite things involve like some very specific book versus show discussion. Mm -hmm. uh, do do we have? Do you guys have anything else that you wanted to talk about before we kind of go into? like actual comparisons. So I do want to circle back to the Nina Mathias thing because uh, as you touched on, and we maybe touched on it a little bit, I actually thought they did a pretty good job with that. Now, I didn't like that it was kind of completely separate. Like they go off completely separately uh, from the rest of the plot. And as you mentioned, and, and rightly so, they kind of just get those like little mentions throughout most of the first season that draws you back, but for a lot of it, you're like, oh, all right, we're, 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 we're over here with these characters. But I think it gives a really good way of seeing their backstory um, that, again, I don't want to touch on the books too much, but what happens in the first season is alluded to, and, and you get a little bit of in like flashbacks in the Six of Crows books, but to actually get to see it and to see them starting to build up, I thought was really good. Now, the other thing is, I do think that it needed to happen in the first season because clearly uh, they're setting up the second season that they're gonna the crows are gonna have to do a pretty big on job slash heist because they love their heists. Uh, in season two, they need a heart render. This is how Nina gets introduced into the Six of Crows. And so you had to have her at that dock at the end of the season. And we got to see that journey in a way that integrates her backstory with Matthias. And I felt like that was, uh, as a book reader, I loved seeing that. I loved getting that. And I love where that then takes us for the upcoming seasons. So that by the time that we get to the actual events of Six of Crows, what's happening in the Six of Crows makes total sense. And so while... I think in the, in in season one, I totally get the 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 concerns. I totally get the separateness, all of those things. I think it's going to pay off, and I think it's going to be really good. 
and I'm I'm hopeful. Uh, do, do you think they're going to actually do the Six of Crows book simultaneously with the with the next two books in the? Um, I think we'll get yeah. there. I don't Tarot know if it'll happen next season. So next season, obviously, we're going to get uh, Storm yeah, and Siege, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah Storm and the second yeah. book, Siege and Storm. Siege and Storm. Uh, and I don't think we will hit the Six of Crows, first book of Six of Crows yet. I don't know if Six of Crows will happen, you know, kind of consecutively with Ruin and Rising or not. Obviously, we'll find all that out later. But Lee has said, like, she plans to get to, like, her hope is that we will get to all of the content from the Grishaverse. Uh, it just depends on how well the show does and whether there's enough demand for it. Now, based on what we're seeing, I think we're absolutely going to get that. And that's yeah. fantastic. And I'm super, super excited for it because there's so much great stuff that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I believe. But I think it's, it's going to be a while before we actually get to see the content that happens in the first six of Crows book. I, I believe it's it's going to be. Um, I mean, it's been number one on Netflix in yeah. like all like almost all European countries and the U.S. since yeah. it was released. Um, I, I I I heard some very strong rumors. We'll just put it that way that they're they had already like a like greenlit season yeah. two. Before the season, like not even just before the season aired, but like a month before the season aired, they I think, I think they're doing a marketing play here where they're like they're gonna wait yeah. until it starts until the viewership, just like they did with Bridgerton. They're gonna wait until the viewership yep. starts dying off, and then they're like, oh, by the way, season two has been greenlit, and you know that's gonna bump viewership again because people know there's gonna be more because Netflix yep. does have a bad habit of canceling things really randomly and weirdly. Um, and and I think they like Netflix has learned a lesson with that. Like I I was hearing. I thought I saw, I'm, I was pretty sure I'd seen an actual like, straight up article that one of their shows, it was that fate Wink saga show was canceled. And then like, they were like, wait, they, they like literally the show's viewership died down to nothing. And they were like, wait, no, it's actually renewed. So, wow. um, yep. so on that note, I think it's about time that we move on to some book and show comparisons. Uh, so, Thank you to everybody who has joined us so far, whether you're watching this live or listening to it later, watching it later or listening to it as a podcast. At this time, we will be moving on to some more specific comparisons between Netflix's Shadow and Bone and Lee Bardugo's Grishaverse novels. So please note that from this time on, you're it's at a hard about, stop. Yeah, you're, you're at about the 45, 50, some 50 second, 45 minute, 50 second minimum. Oh my God, 45 minute, 50 second mark or so. Uh, from this time on, there will absolutely be spoilers for the Grisha trilogy. That's Shadow and Bone, Siege and Storm, and Ruin and Rising, and Six of Crows duology, which is Six of Crows and Cricket Kingdom. And there are also likely to be spoilers for the Nikolai duology, which is King of Scars and Rule of Wolves as well. So listen at your own risk. Pause yeah. for a few seconds to breathe. Yeah, take it in, take it in, take a sip of water. <laughs> okay, guys. My God. This is really <laughs> difficult. It's been really difficult to do this for 45 minutes without saying yes. a single thing. And I know, like, but honestly, I was talking to Nami earlier, and my biggest thing was like, I am hearkening back to the Game of Thrones panels at Dragon Con, where like people would literally like pitch a fit if you even mentioned the books okay like this was different from the books and people would be like ah! 
threw up their hands, storm out of the room. Fights were, yeah. I mean, they, I mean, not physical fights, but like, yeah, there was drama. There was a lot of drama. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so yeah, big spoiler warning. And on that note, uh, just, <laughs> just, oh my gosh, uh, favorite and not favorite things. So, so okay, I want to go back to some of the things we talked about earlier. One of them was one of Nami's favorite things. And also one of my favorite things that I didn't list because Nami had already listed it. And also because it's hard to talk about this without spoiling the book, but Mikhail and Dubrov and their relationship with Mal. Um, mm -hmm. So in the books, they're kind of jerks. They're kind of jerks. They're straight uh, up jerks. They're like, <laughs> they they yeah. horrible people. And, and like, they just made them these just kind of like big dudes, man. Like they're, yeah. they're, they're like, Oh, Mal, this is your friend. Like, this is cute. Like they're not harassing yeah. her. They're like, kind of, they're teasing him. Yeah. They're that's, like, that's they're the teasing difference. a little bit, but they're not like, but they're teasing him. Yeah. Okay. Yes, like exactly. they're teasing him and his like description of her, not Alina, you know, cause they don't know her, which I guess in the books they do. Um, but it's still, that shouldn't matter. And so they're, they're just a lot nicer in the show and seeing, actually seeing them say like, yeah, no, no way, Mel, we're not letting you go off and do this by yourself. Like we're going yeah. with you and, and, and then just, how, like, I don't know, their camaraderie, their banter, like, I, I just, I was not expected to, expecting to give a shit, honestly, about that storyline or those characters. And when they yeah. died, I was sad. I, that was yeah. probably one of the most sad moments of the show. So it's like, no, they killed him. Like, I knew they probably had to. I'm like, no. Absolutely. I don't know, Jonathan. Did you did you notice like the differences in their storyline and their characters and everything? Not like not not really. Um, but I, 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 the one thing I either I missed completely in the books or they changed for the show is Alina part shoe in the books. No. Oh no. Okay, I I, I didn't think so. <laughs> And that was that's that a was, big change. That was something that that was one of the things that I had to kind of give a little bit of explanation to to uh, my fiance Dean about like because he he was saying like like he was thinking it was like straight up racism and I was like I mean what it is is that they are literally like they they've kind of been off and on at war with these people forever. It's so the 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 reason they're hating on the shoe is because they've like like they've been on and off at war like this is their enemy period this is their enemy and like yeah. it just doesn't help that the shoe also look different so they're they're easy to you know pick on identify like, or whatever yeah exactly um so but yeah no 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 she she absolutely wasn't part shoe in the books and, and that was that was mentioned in like some articles and stuff as well that it was something that they changed and and you know I that was not something I ever honestly gave any cares about. Like, and, and I think they honestly did a really, really good job weaving it into the storyline. Out of curiosity, do, do we know if that was a chicken and egg thing? They really liked the actress and she's part Asian, so they made her shoe? Or is it they decided to cast a part Asian actress on purpose? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I, I have a feeling... Because I think when they put out the the uh, casting call for Alina, it was very like anybody can can apply. Essentially, doesn't matter you know what you look like really. Um, so I I 
I'm not a hundred percent sure they might have made some changes and written things around, you know, the fact that she's half, she's half Asian, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, so yeah, I, 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 I'm not a hundred, hundred percent sure on that, but I, I, I do think that was, um, because they liked her that much. Uh, and, and I mean, you know, it, to be honest, it was, there were very few like major changes they had to make and the way they integrated it into her storyline otherwise was really good. And I also think, I also think it's going to make some really good vibes for when Tolia and Tamara come along later. Yeah. I'm hoping they cast Olivia Munn. (laughs) I'm blanking on who that is, honestly. Olivia Munn? She's probably too old now, but yeah, I, I, that might be why. Like, I, I well, and also you got to remember, like, Tolia and Tamara—they're like they're supposed to be like kind of—they're like I don't know—they're both powerful, powerful people. So like I, and and I, I for sure they've aged everybody up, you know, which I like. That's actually another thing I like—the aging up because uh, it makes it well. Actually, weirdly enough, um, I found out this past weekend that shadow and bone is with the high fantasy track at dragon con, which somebody was like, but isn't it YA? And I was like, "Mm, let's be real. The original trilogy is very YA. The later books, like six, six of crows, like the six of crows duology, Mm -hmm. not so much. Uh, King uh, Nikolai duology, not at all. And like the, the show is very obviously not just with the aging up of the characters, but just with, just everything. None of none of this is YA. Like they, this this whole this whole thing. It wasn't about you know Alina's relationship with Mal. Like Alina had her own agency, right? Like like I loved this. Mm-hmm. I loved that. Like because yes. at first at first like I was like, why is she burning these maps? Like what a dumbass. Like now granted, I'm still mad about that because she got her whole like you know uh, unit killed. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm still <laughs> mad about it. And I still like, and I still think it was like over the top, but I like that it was just, I like that it was part of giving her more agency. The fact that she was the one that kissed the Darkling first, you know, she made mm-hmm. the moves on him the first time. Like it, 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 you know, it just, it made me appreciate because in the book, she's kind of a wet napkin. Let's be real. Like, oh yeah. Like Absolutely. I don't like Alina in the books. So she, at all. She's that kind of classic, uh, female protagonist that is uh writable you know like you in the sense that like you can write yourself onto her very easily i would say she's too much like bella from twilight and not enough like katniss from the hunger games maybe yeah bella is like the (laughs) the quintessential she she is a literal wet napkin of it's funny it's funny you mentioned that my my wife who has not read the book um, watch it with me, and she goes, "This is just like the Vampire Diaries, only with yeah. fantasy." I mean, I've never seen the Vampire Diaries or read it, to be honest, so I wouldn't know. Well, as far as the you know, the brooding love triangles, and <laughs> well, I mean, but that's the thing, like, and and this is another thing that I, I really, really love this change from the books. Um, not only did they give Alina more agency, but Dean throughout. My fiance again hasn't read the books either. Throughout the entire thing, was like, 
oh, so, so Mal is in love with her and she's, you know, she just thinks of him as a friend. And I was like, and then later on, he he it's more the other way around in the books. Oh, it's very much the other exactly. Way like Alina's, yeah, the Alina point. is literally this virginal girl who is pining after her BFF from childhood, and Mal is like this playboy who doesn't pay any attention to her until she goes to the little until she has powers, goes to the little palace, like has a glow up. I think is Nami said it was Nami or Nick. I can't remember which one of you. Your your end names confuse me. Yeah, <laughs> but what so he basically are the same person, obviously. Yeah, yeah, obviously, obviously. But like you know, so, so like in the books, Mal pays no attention to her until she like gets her powers, goes goes to the little palace, and has a glow up, and then he's like, "Oh shit, Elena! Oh, I forgot about how much I loved her all." I, I kind of forgot, like like the Game of Thrones was like, kind of forgot about how much I loved Elena. But like in the show, you know, I, I Elena is. Like, like there's there's love there on both their parts, but I think it seems very much more um, fraternal on Alina's mm -hmm. part than it, you know. And whereas Mal uh, seems, and I, I honestly think that's why he describes her to his to uh, Mikhail Dubrov as his little friend because he doesn't want to admit this this these things that he feels, but he like so very clearly feels them because he spends the whole show like doing these things for her. And I know he does those and things. And he rejected Zoya. Yes, yes, mm -hmm. that's a big change. change. And and to be honest, I think a good one. And I but I yes. still like I still think it's hilarious that Zoya like played it like he didn't, you know? Because like yes. in the books it's like Oh man, come on! Like, it, it either way, Zoya is being a bitch. But like in the books, it's like uh, now, like Alina for the rest of her life has to like know that like the love of her life like hooked up with you know this amazingly gorgeous Grisha. Like, uh, and 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 in in the show, it, it it's not that Mel isn't attracted to Zoya or anything. I think it's I think it's less like I, I think it's less even necessarily that he has some sort of attachment to. Like, like his, like it, it, I think it's less that he has an attachment to his relationship with Alina, and more that he's just like, eh, nah. Like I'm just not that type of dude. I'm not gonna just hook up with some random chick like the night before I cross the fold or whatever. Like, and and I, I don't know. It, he he's his his portrayal in in this show made me like him in ways I never did in the books. And it was it was honestly the same with Alina. They did a really, yes. not sure, like, like the casting was great, but like everything else too. I just, they did a really great job kind of flipping their story on its head. And and they don't even, they don't even ever kiss, right? I didn't miss something, right? They didn't ever kiss. Zoya and Mal? Uh, no, 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 Mal and, no, Mal Mal and, Alina. and Alina. No, no, Mal and Alina didn't so, kiss so, so they've never they like in the in the books they do right before yep. they see the stag and and so like at this point like they're still you know what the show is getting this right they're giving us a slow burn you know what i mean like and they're giving us a slow burn because if they didn't we'd be left with this nonsense from the books and and honestly this is like one of my biggest parts of the books that like you 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 know You've got Alina pining after Mal, Mal only realizing he wants her after the fact, and then they kiss, and then like the whole next book is like Mal just being angry with her because Grisha and she's having visions of the dark. It's very like I, I feel like they just have there's so much potential for them to show this relationship in a far better light. And knowing how involved Lee was with the show, I feel like she, what she is doing is saying it is saying like. 
if I could go back and change it, this is the way I would write it. Absolutely agree. I think that's 1000% what's happening. And, uh, you know, she's even said that one of the things that she wanted to do is go back and fix some of the diversity issues that the earlier books had. Um, and I think they're absolutely doing that. And I think that's so wonderful to see because, you know, when you, I, we, I think we've all written stuff. Like you go back, you read something you wrote <laughs> 10 years ago and you're like, Ooh, yikes. <laughs> uh, and so being able to go back and like make some of those changes and be able to say like, this is how I want it to be. That's fantastic. And kudos to her for taking that initiative. She didn't have to do that. Well, and also, I mean, like lucky that, that she's being, that, 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 yes. that yes. she's being given that chance, you know, cause you can't undo like a huge, like a huge portion of novels that you've already published. I mean, I guess you could, but yeah, then there's going to be this whole like, well, which one is canon? It's easier to be like, this is show canon. This is book canon. So show yeah. canon Mal is actually a really good guy. And I like him. Yeah. I like him. I would do hang I out with him, and I don't do even usually like guys. I didn't. I didn't hate the book canon version. So, and I oh, also do think though the how realistic. I mean, right? hate is I, a strong. I, word. I mean, how many? That's how true. many? Whatever, seventeen to nineteen-year-old males would turn down Zoya the night you're about to die? I don't think many. Well, but I don't. He's not that young in the show either. That's the thing. See, I think they are. I, I just think. I mean, I still perceive them as. Being oh God, crazy. I hope not. I hope not because my I whole mean, my whole thing about the Darkling and Elite, like not hating and and don't get me wrong, I am not. I am not a Darkling person, and I never will no, be. But how, how but old like, were they? How old were they supposed to be in the show? Like sixteen, I, I, right? I, in, no, in the books, they're. I'm they're, sorry, in the books, like yeah, sixteen. Yeah, in the books, they're like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Right, and I think here they're, they're like eighteen or nineteen. I don't think they're no, aged up I, that. I, I, I think they're supposed to be in their twenties. I for sure think they're supposed because, like, if you, especially if you look at some of the um some of the characters, like some of the secondary characters who are. Uh, I'm talking about um, like, like uh, Fedor and Ivan. Like they, like in the books, they're still also supposed to be like late teens, maybe twenty, maybe. But like in the show, give me a look at Fedor and Ivan. There's absolutely no way those dudes aren't in their late twenties. And and yep. you know, Alina and Ivan Genia, looks like he's even older than that. Forty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So so I, I I do I think they're aged up. I would, I would hazard a guess that at the very least, their early twenties. What my hope was is that you know Alina's actress Jessie Mae Ling, she's twenty five. My hope is that that's what they're trying to portray Alina as. Because to be honest, she doesn't really look younger than that. You know, like like she, not that she looks older than me, but she looks like she's in her like mid twenties. And and I, I like that because like you know, yes, the Darkling is ageless, and he's like a hundred something, a couple hundred sold or whatever but like it's way easier to see this like kind of ben barnes like 39 year old dude making out with this like 25 year old girl mm -hmm. than it is like knowing that this is like this like like this just young girl looking hundreds of years old person making out with like a 17 or 16 year old so well i i just assumed in the books that the, the darkling looked like he was about 28 years old 
Well, yeah. Even I mean, if he looked like he was 28 years old, if she's supposed to be like 14, then that's still, not okay. It's still yeah. bad, I know. It's still, it's still very like Edward Cullen and Bella's Um, But like, I, yeah, I, I definitely, you know, I definitely think all of the characters are aged up quite a bit and I think that's good. Um, and well, I mean, Nina absolutely has to be aged up quite a bit because she, um, you know, she, in the, in the book, she's like still a child. She's set to Ramsen. Right. And, yeah. She was like 12. Yeah. And, and, but in the show, she's already an adult and already. So, so I think, I think that's the, actually what we need to focus on is Nina. She's probably the best uh, idea of how much they're aged up because she is she is not just because also in the in six of crows you know she was captured um by the juskella when she was like she was still too, like she was still too young she insisted on going on that mission no this is anina who has been sent out and has been doing her own thing for presumably let's say at least a year um so like i would say nina is in is, is in her early 20s at least so i based on that i would say everybody else is at well i mean i just you know back in 150 years ago people people were more mature at a younger age than we are today oh for sure for sure but like but again i'm basing i'm actually basing this on you know book canon stuff like, right Nina I, was I, Nina insisted on going out when she was 17. At this point, she wasn't this isn't how that worked. Nina was out to be a spy and she's been I, doing it for a while. So I, I know I think that, but I, I'm also seeing, you know, George Bush, you know, the first, the elder. Yeah. Oh God. Joined the Navy in World War II and lied about his age and was 17. So and that was in the 40s. So a hundred years ago okay. in the Early, but it's late. hard. It's hard to. I mean, it's well for the Grisha, especially. I'm pretty sure they can tell. But regardless, regardless, the characters yeah. are definitely aged up. Oh. I mean, quite, <laughs> like, like let's say let's say at least five years, so early twenties, and that makes a lot of the. It makes a lot of the Darkling and Alina thing like a little more tolerable. A little bit easier to swallow. I'm not saying it's still a thing I love, but a little bit easier to swallow. Um, and, and, and I mean, speaking of the Darkling, uh, his portrayal of the show, like not just that it's okay, it's Ben Barnes and it's, he's hot, but like also uh, they change, you know, he, he, he's going to spare Mal. He's going to spare Mal. Right. In the books, he was like, yeah, fuck off, you going to kill him, whatever. Uh, so, so, and, and also we get that little bit of his backstory, which I don't know, like what it, so, so we don't ever really see that deep into the Darkling's backstory in the books, which I guess we could have talked a little bit about earlier, but like, what did you guys think about, because that was a good portion. Of well, I, I liked it, but I actually thought once you've committed to doing that, I think that should have had a longer scene um, and be a little bit more detailed so that you felt a lot more sympathy for him going forward. That, that's how I would have shot it, um, so that it, he would be a much more complex character than just, especially since you have a, at least two more seasons, or 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 actually more than that, yeah. if you follow, where the seasons mm -hmm. of him being involved that, that you want, you don't want him to be the automatic heel. You sort of like more complex characters, or at least I like more complex characters. So 
I sort of wish they had gone there a little bit deeper once they made that determination to go into his backstory. Maybe if you had started that earlier on in the season, but by the point we get that, it, the season's almost over, and they devote a huge chunk of an episode just to that. Like, I absolutely think that if you're going to introduce it at that point, you can't give it any more space than you've already given it because yeah. you don't have the room for it. Well, and they couldn't really introduce it much before that because we didn't know. Because yeah. you didn't know that he was the black heretic. Right. Right. But um, yeah, but I, and I don't even worry about the timing of it. I mean, you didn't, at that point, he hadn't done anything truly evil. He was still, you know, he, yeah, he had done a few things for his own selfish interest, but it wasn't so clearly that he had created the fold. He was still getting Barbara's point of view that he right, yeah. could be evil, but you didn't know why she was doing what she was doing. Oh, which, which random aside, but like the portrait thing, like what was the point mm -hmm. of that? Like yeah. somebody who'd never read the book, been... who was sitting with me was like, what was the point of this? What does this actually prove? And, and he's right. Like absolutely nothing. Like that could have been a portrait painted five years ago. It just sat right. in the exactly. bonkers, damp, hot ass basement for two years and didn't look right. Listen, I could get a portrait of my dog. In a fancy outfit, <laughs> and it could look like it was old. So I don't understand why we have this portrait here. It was a weird inclusion and wasted, like you know, twenty seconds of time that could have been spent doing other things. But I, I mean, I agree. Like you know, we we don't even like we hear that, and, and I mean, in the books, it's the same way. Like Bagra's like, he's bad, he's bad, and like you know, even Alina's like, wait, what? And like it, you know, I, I think that. You know, obviously there's Bagra saying like, you know, he showed you the lonely boy and like a blah, blah, blah. And, and Alina is clearly swayed by this, you know, in both the books and the show. Um, but like, oh my God, wait, wait, wait. Side note, as we're talking about plot convenience, because we're going to talk about plot convenience, go a little bit more maybe later. But like uh, Alina climbing into <laughs> the trunk of the carriage that the crows are stealing, like... I, we could have talked about this earlier, I think, yeah. but at the same time, it was like, so in the books, obviously, the crows aren't there. None of this is happening. And, like, just, but but in the show, they are so, they end up being so instrumental to, like, her, like, getting out in every way that it's, like, yeah. you, you almost can't see how else it, like, how else it could have happened. Yeah. Like, I, I, I just... I don't know. Like it was, it was, it was very plot convenience, but like also like it made for some great moments. Like a Jesper just like, oh my god, wait, oh my god, wait, are you kidding? No. Oh. Well, that, that that part actually was so out of character for Kaz because he's always so in control, and he didn't know any, what was going on. I thought well, that was sort of. I thought that was sort of a, mean, good, a fun juxtaposition. Yes, yeah, and he, but I mean, he of course he wasn't there in the moment, so you know he had no idea. Right, and then Jesper wasn't really telling him; he was just like leading him on. Just trust me. Just trust me. Just trust me. Without. Uh, I know this is kind of like a like a you know moving on a little bit, but like when, so like because I mentioned that they are so instrumental in Alina getting out of the little palace and and also getting across the hold in a way, um, they uh, 
but when Alina gave Inej her knife, that was probably, it was like, it was one of the few times that I was like, like, because like, I don't believe in the Sancta Alina thing and neither do most other people. Alina doesn't even believe in the Sancta Alina thing, but like Inej really does. And like, you can see like that. And the actress did that so beautifully. Like when she accepts the dagger, like the look on her face is just this like, like she, you know, that dagger is never leaving her possession. Like she was going to do everything that she can to keep that dagger. And I really hope, really hope that in future seasons, they continue with like, they have that sort of plot continuance where, you know, she's mm-hmm. like, no, that is Santa Alina. Like, cause she lost a lot of daggers in this in this season, like a lot of daggers, like, Alina's like, oh, I'm sorry you lost your dagger. I couldn't keep it. But, like, how many daggers did Enish leave behind? Because it was a lot. Like, Enish from Six of Crows would not have left those daggers behind. Maybe that's something we'll we'll get to see in future seasons is her growing attachment to her daggers. Yeah. I mean, she clearly had an attachment here because, like, there's, you know, a couple times, like, Kaz makes comments about, you know, go get your Mm -hmm. knives or whatever. But, like, yeah, I, I, I guess it wasn't quite as you know important now as it might be later um i found it interesting though that she never killed yet she's carrying all these knives oh yeah that thing was so weird that that was that was i mean not that she's, not just that she's carrying the knives but like um I, I i know we we've all been back and forth in the comments like in our in our notes about this but like uh yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know, Jonathan. Go, go ahead and say what you want to say, because like I, I, I mean, I know I agree with you. Yeah, no. I mean, I just it, it's sort of preposterous. I mean, here's a woman who carries nine knives with her and lives in as essentially as a spy slash agent for the mob, and I can't imagine you and and apparently knows how to use them. The idea that she had never killed anyone seems preposterous to me. Yeah, I. Uh... I think the thing that bothered me about it was that she is sent on that mission by uh, Helene and she's like, I can't kill this guy. And she asked Jesper to do it for her. And Jesper had it right. He's like, well, what's the difference between you doing it and you asking me to do it? And then like later she just is killing with abandon. And I understand that these are her friends that she's protecting, but it just, it just feels very like, I even bother with the she doesn't want to kill. Like, why bother? Well, it, it also like, seemed out of character based on how they wrote her in the in the books. Yeah. In the books. Well, I, I I will say I, d- I didn't like the whole uh, she doesn't kill thing because it it seemed arbitrary. But I will say the reason she killed the first time is specifically to save Kaz's life. Yeah, that's true. And she, it, they, I do, I do think the actress does a great job of, on her face. She doesn't really even say anything, but on her face, showing how conflicted she is about the fact that she just did that, but she knew that if she didn't do that in that moment, that Kaz was going to die. Yeah, oh, I agree with that. And 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 and, and, they, and I probably wouldn't have fitness. Well, I still would have, I think, because of yet how many knives she's carrying. If she had one <laughs> knife, that's a different issue. But I mean, just I. <laughs> she's so good with those. I mean, you know, she 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 does even later, even later after she's already killed, she does like get that the the um Inferni. Is she an Inferni? 
Mm -hmm. uh, I can't yeah. even remember her name. Pol Polia. Yeah, I mean the the only other thing that could explain her skill with knives is if she's a chef on, on the side. But... Iron chef. But this isn't leverage. <laughs> but what? like she, you know, she 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 almost killed. Or she 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 gets her knife in whatever her name is, and she's like, "I'm gonna leave this in. Don't pull it out until there's a healer, right?" Yep. And and so like even then she's like she knows trying she's not to her, kill. Yeah, she knows she's got her on the ground. She's already killed before, but she doesn't want to do it again. But then, but then the girl like uses like slurs at her and is like, I'm gonna find and kill like everyone you love. And you're just like, oh well. Hmm. Oh my god, wait, also, hold on. Side note, Jesper with the bullet and like shooting the guy in the in the chest in the same yes. place. Three, like, yes. he knows. He's like, oh he knows some, he knows that the technology. Dean was complaining about the technology being all over the place, and I was like, you don't understand. Like, so like we've got like like these these countries that like they're all at war constantly, and so like some of them are more technologically technologically advanced, and they're not. Not only are they not sharing their technology with the other countries, this isn't like the the industrial Revolu revolution where you couldn't keep it secret. You know what I mean? Like they can keep it secret because they're killing everybody or like not like, or like they, they're mm -hmm. at war. I mean, how long was it that we had, you know, atomic bombs before like Russia did, you know, and that was really <laughs> not long enough. <laughs> uh, well, but I, you know, but I mean like, like just, just in, in, in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's like, I know the technology is all over the place, but like also, I don't know that, that the fact that Jesper like knew, like I'll just shoot him in the same spot over and over again. And eventually that one spot, it, he won't die still, but it will right. be so compromised that he will be knocked out. Um, oh. Which also like brings back, uh, so, so again, Dean has not read the books, but like literally in episode three, the, the conductor in the train, when Jesper like closes his eyes and you see the whole like intricacies of his gun and how it works and he shoots and he gets the Volcra and he was like, oh, so he's Grisha too. And I was like, oh, fuck. Well, I felt, I felt that way with both him and Mal. I, I think, I think they did. I think if you've never read the books and maybe you're someone who worked in film for like 10 years, you, it would be harder to pick up on those little intricacies with Jesper. Um, with Mal, I think, I mean, first of all, Mal isn't Grisha. He's not. Broken, no, but so. that he, that, that, well, he, essentially the, the, I can, the amplifier. Yeah, the constant the constant thing of him like touching Alina. Although in yep. the first episode, in in the book, she saves she's saving him when she lets off that light. In the show, she's saving yep. herself. Yep, that's no. Yeah, no, she in, yeah. she in the books she saves him. He's right. the one that is, and she he's the one being lifted off by the broker, and she's like bam in the show. He, she like he's already he's dying you know he's already been attacked or he's very very badly injured but she goes to like like try to see to him and she gets picked up by the Volker and it's not until she is being dragged away from him that she lets off her power but did, wasn't she touching him when oh yeah yeah she's still touching him but my point is in the books she uses her power unknowingly for the first time to save Mal in the show she uses it to save herself herself yep. Like that is a well, huge difference. 
It doesn't, it may not, it, like, it may but not I, seem like now, it, but it is. What I don't remember in the show, and if I'm not mistaken, she was touching him when she, when the light went off. And the, yeah, they're, they're still holding hands. Yeah. In the books, I don't remember if that was true or not. I honestly don't either. It's been so long since it's been, you know, seven or eight months since <laughs> we all read. What you haven't memorized know. every line in the books yet? But I, but I think I think that doesn't necessarily matter that much. You know, like it doesn't matter that much that whether in the books, it, if she wasn't touching him, I think that's more of a uh, inconsistency on Lee's part, mm -hmm. but I, but I don't, but that's the thing, like, I don't even think it would be an inconsistency because she uses her power without Mal all the time. So yeah. like, not after, with, after that, after that, after, after that, that, when she learns he has it, and but never at that level, she's always touching another amplifier. That's true. Well, uh, until she's touching the darkling and then she's touching and then she has the stag later. After she has training with Bagra, she can do things on, uh, basically the same level after she like lets go of mal or yeah whatever. same after same she lets go of mal same thing but, as well, initial she doesn't know, have the it, amplifier yet is it the same way as 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 because like here's the thing like that i don't think it matters so much that she's touching mal in in that first instance like in the books i think it matters that she is like the connection yeah she she is saving him um, and and I, I I think like in that instance that's what matters and and whether or not she's touching him doesn't so much but regardless of whether or not she was in the show yes she was touching him and and but but the 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 difference is she's the one being lifted away by the Volcar she is not saving him she is saving herself her power actually doesn't show itself until she herself is in danger whereas in the books it shows itself when Mal only is in danger and i i think that's a again that's an agency thing the show gave us yes. um that i I, 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 I don't disagree with um i love that journey for i do right so speaking of i love it i love that journey for people what i don't love is this journey <laughs> i literally wore my you david Shits creek shirt <laughs> because so beautiful it. Ew, David, the show. Like, listen, like, I, God, my God, I love the idea of like casting. Like, I, I, I wanted to love the casting of him. I was like, okay, this guy's super attractive. Like, probably way too attractive. Let's be real. We were talking about this before we aired, but like, I pictured like Cheaty from The Good Place as David. Really anxious. Uh, did you have you watched The Good Place? Yeah. Cheaty, Cheaty, the the uh uh. The guy that uh, yeah, oh, I know the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that actor. Like that's who I kind of pictured as David. Like, like I, 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 I don't like like the the casting itself. I don't think is necessarily issue because like I don't think David is supposed to be unattractive in the novels. He's he's definitely described as like nerdy or gee, but let's be real. I like. My entire adult life, I have dated nothing but a bunch of nerdy, geeky dudes, and they've all been super attractive. So, like, I, I just yeah, like, I, I sort of pictured him as Leonard Hofstadler. I, I, I but like Ooh. whoever you picture him as, uh, whoever you picture him as, like, it, 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 what matters is the way he's written, 
and the way he's directed and and yep. I, I just everything about david was a failure like this is this yep. is my biggest my biggest complaint with the show like completely I just, agree i can't wrap my head around it um I, I i was trying to fit it into the show discussion but i just i knew that i would not be able to complain about david without going into talking about how he is in the book right and and so specifically like they the, the like i said i don't think they necessarily got the look wrong like i'm not saying he can't be a, attractive at all what i'm sure. saying or or again i person of color again i i would I, cheaty from the good place that probably would have been if you'd asked me a year ago that would have been my dream cast for david um I, I can't remember the actor's name. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking of like the character that he portrayed and how good he was at it. But like, they 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 could have made how uh, how attractive the actor actually is seem a little bit less off putting if they'd written and directed him differently. Maybe like mm -hmm. when he speaks, sometimes it seems like he has David's tone right, uh, and the lines are written okay, I guess. But I, I, Nick, you said. It, it, yeah, I'm gonna let you take this because I'm I'm just like so, about it. Specifically, my my gripe is in the books, David is clearly uh, coded as autistic or on the spectrum anyway. Yes, on and, the spectrum for sure. And it's handled very well and very respectfully, and in in some cases, particularly later on in the series, very beautifully. Mm -hmm. um, oh god, I loved it. Yeah. Uh, what I saw in the TV show was a caricature of autism. Mm -hmm. The, like, I walk into the room and I'm extremely awkward and I can't do anything and I can barely function. And that's not representation. And that's what's so upsetting about it is we should be getting representation and authentic, uh, authentic re representation specifically. And instead we get this caricature, like, he had a few moments where I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. Or, oh, I can, I can see that as David. But for the most part, when he walked on screen, I was upset. And it took me immediately out of everything else because he was just so awkward. And it felt like it didn't even feel like a character caricature. It felt like a like early 2000s caricature of autism. Like that's how bad it was to me. I think that like the biggest issue with it for me was like if you've never read the books and you mm -hmm. don't know who David is, then then there's like what do you you don't know what you're seeing? You think you're seeing a guy who's into a girl and things are a little bit awkward because she's I don't know Jenya and she's super beautiful and he's David and he's also super fucking beautiful. Like I don't know. Like yeah. it seems it's a really it's a like it's odd. I think it's it would be odd to people who haven't even read the books. But like if you've read the books, it's like what is going on here? Like I I just yeah. I I don't. It's a very it's just a very I don't know. And and listen, like David is. In 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 the first in Shadow and Bone, he's not great. Let's be real. Like not because yeah. he's, but the thing is, like the reason, like he he does the things he does without thinking, because he's like 
you know, all he cares about is, 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 you know, being, uh, what is he a durist, right? He's a durist. Yeah. Uh, he, he creates things from physical things. And, and, and so he created the, the, the fact they were like, Oh, well, David created again, Genia, God, it's like, he created the blue light that we use. Well, okay. The other weird thing about that is like, okay, so what the fuck happened on the fold before that? Were you literally never able to cross, but okay, whatever, fine. Cause he's like, not old, yeah. you know, but <laughs> let's, let's like, well, he might that. be, he, he might be old though. Don't the Grisha live a long time if they use their power? They do, yeah, sure. but I, but it's, at the same time, he might be important. fifty or sixty years old, or even older. I hope not, but like, yeah. I, I well, mean, I mean, there's no evidence that, to this that he isn't, though. Yeah, but but yeah, and 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 I feel oh, like so, so he like he he created that blue light, and, and I don't know, they, they 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 like he just ah, and then he like. Like, listen, like in the books, like he admits later that like he didn't really understand what he was like, he was just doing his job and like his job is creating things. And he's so happy to, oh my gosh, like I'm giving this person extra power. I doubt he ever knew exactly what the Darkling was. I don't think he ever knew what the Darkling was actually planning on doing with the caller. And it's just mm -hmm. very like, I, I, I don't know. This is such a, it's such a, it's such a, like, I, I don't know. It's, it's just a, bad portrayal of a right. character who deserves more so this is something i don't again don't remember from the books versus a show did did darkling have an amplifier or piece of the stag put out in him mm -mm. In, in the books not the stag no right so in this you know this is again your point of messing with david's character in the books it's a legitimate belief that that wouldn't have happened in the in the show, there's no chance because he's standing here putting the control yes, the controller the into into the darkling. He's he's putting the sun summoner button into into the, the into the darkling so that she can control it. So there's no excuse for that. No, behavior. I I don't think Book David I, when he when he placed that collar on Alina he he thought he was doing something good right. And, and in the show, he, not at all. I, I suppose that there, and I guess I suppose that, that the Darkling could have fooled him in the show about the button thing too, but like, I keep calling it a button. But we I'm don't sorry, see I that. Can't. Exactly, but we don't see that. And also like, I, I, I we don't see that because of the way he is portrayed. Like I, I even even the way, you know, like you said it, Nick, and 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 I, I don't know if I said it already tonight, but like, I definitely put it in our notes, like, the things like the, his moments with Genia and uh, Genia and yeah. whatever Genia, I'm just gonna call her Genia. I don't care. Um, his moments <laughs> with Genia are are like it's just too sexy. Like everything is too like he's like this isn't like a nerdy guy who doesn't realize or or, or a, a, a this isn't a guy who is not attuned to you know the feelings and interests of other people. Okay, it's not. Which is yeah. which is how autism works. Like they are very attuned into themselves and not necessarily attuned into the instincts and feelings of other people. And and like I, I, I it's just it's maddening. It's maddening because like it's one moment it's like oh well, like he looks all like unsure of himself. But like why the fuck is this dude who looks like this unsure of himself? We don't know because they don't show it properly. Yeah. And and I just they like give I, us that story. No, and and 
not only did they, and I get again, like with time constraints, they couldn't necessarily give us the story, but this is where show don't tell comes into play. Yeah. Like there, there's the things that David does in the books that are like very clearly, like he's just so obsessed with his work. And, and it's like in that first meeting where he comes in to bring the gloves, um, there's mm -hmm. like moments where it feels like, okay, they're going to get this right. And then they just throw all of that like out the door and it's like, ha ha ha. It's just funny that he threw a book at Kaz later, yeah. you know, like I, I just, none of it is good. Or it's when just, he does his little like, yeah, I, I, I have a, I have a, I have something to say. Yeah. And, and it, it's just not like, oh, this, this angered me so much, especially, and this is okay for anybody listening. Sorry, but like. Hashtag Rule of Wolves spoilers right now. So if you haven't read Rule of Wolves, just stop listening at this moment. Yeah, like, this is your cutoff point for that. <laughs> like Nick mentioned the the you know um, the fact that there's some so many beautiful moments later in the books, and and they are very much in King of Scars and Rule of Wolves. Like like yeah. there's other things before that, but really King of Scars and Rule of Wolves. Like even though he's still at this point, really a tertiary character. I mean, he's, I think he's supposed yeah. to be secondary, but we don't get much from him. Um, like he is just, just the notes that Genya, you know, leaves him on how to like, like praise her. And like, he tries so hard. And then when they get married and he is just like, I know. Oh God. And he's just like, you know, Genya, you are beautiful and unbreakable and perfect. And like, then he dies right after that. And I'm thinking, I'm, 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 I'm like watching this show and thinking like, how the fuck are they ever going to get us to that point with David? Like they, they can show us a romance, but it's never going to be, it's never going to be the beauty of the two of them, but particularly David you know, gr like growing, like, like doing, like, like he loves her and she loves him so much. And he, he is, you know, he can't give her exactly everything that she wants of his own accord, but he's willing to learn, you know? And, and, and I just, they can't give us that with what they gave us with this season. Like I, I, I loved so much. I loved so much about this show. Even my other gripes were like so stupid minor things like the Nina and yeah. Matthias stuff. It's like, throw it out the window. Like I, I, I get how it ended up in the end. The, the collar, like I totally understand like that, like us having to see that sort of body horror stuff, like, you know, like it, it gives us that, that view of how, like how deep this power needs to go and, and how just like, I, I, it, it really pressed home the collar. And to, to be honest, in, in the way the book never did, thank God, yep. it, thank God she like, like actually merged it with herself entirely in the end, because like, I could not have looked at that for several seasons, but like it really drove home the sacrifice that is made to have an amplifier and to be that powerful. So I respect the idea, just didn't want to keep looking at it. But like, this is just one thing that I'm just, I can't, I can't get behind you, David, in this show. I can't. Yep, I agree completely. I can't, I can't. So, 
Oh, all right, that's my biggest gripe. I, I everything, <laughs> everything, everything else I have to say about like show and book comparisons are like, you know, okay, like okay. Other thing, not enough Jesper by energy. Is he just gay yep. in the show? I feel like it's very vague. I know there's we we've talked about it. There's the comment that he makes to Inej when she has to go um, to see Helene at the menagerie, and he's like, "Do you want me to come with you?" And like at, at first viewing, I thought he was just, especially because his immediate thing was like, "Oh, I'm just backing you." I I I I was like, "Wait, is he like?" Is that supposed to be like she worries that he's hitting on her? But then later, the second viewing, I realized like, no, no, no. Like she, he's just saying like, I'm not gonna go hook up with anybody. But all these like, you know, all these houses in Ketterdam, they have both boys and girls. So you know, and and we only ever see him hooking up with dudes, and and he very, very obviously flirts with guys. Like, yeah very obviously so i'm just like i i want I, I i'm very worried that they're that they're uh putting him like i want this bi representation god damn it yeah. like give me I, jesper's bi energy i i love the gay representation but i am upset about the bi erasure yes and, and like and, we need more LGBTQIA representation across exactly. the board. Uh, but one area that we don't get enough of is bi representation. And canonically, Jesper is bi. And so I do think that it was a mistake to not make that explicit in the show. And maybe well, they will. I mean, in the like, second season, they will. But, but they haven't yet, right? Yeah, that's true. Yes. That's true. Um, I mean, but again, I, the first season. I mean, he flirted with the goat for God's sake, you know. But like, <laughs> I also don't think he's oh, into bestiality. So, <laughs> oh, Milo, <laughs> I'm ready for him to have a spinoff. I seriously, the goat? I, the goat. Yeah, I'm just gonna go buy a pet goat and put a bullet around its neck. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um. I want. I also <laughs> wanted a pet goat for a long time inside. Um, my family has a farm, and they used to have goats. And uh, yeah, I miss those days. But um, but yeah, there's a park I, up the street that has little that has goats, and they have some baby goats. Ones. And I love to just like visit them and be like, "You're so They're cute, so cute." And Milo is so cute. And later, his Jesper's and I, I mentioned this earlier, and this was honestly something we could have talked about when we were talking about show only stuff. But the fact that Jesper's bullet. In Milo's necklace was the thing that Mal used to get the handcuffs off of himself. I was like, oh, plot convenience goes, but also <laughs> yes. I love it. Yes. Don't yeah, care. I, I, I still wasn't it's sure how that actually worked. Yeah, I mean, I think it was like, because it's a shitty, like, like powder bullet. So I don't know. It, it, somehow Mal had enough power to, like, I don't know. It, it it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but like I just love that that emotional support goat also was plot convenience go and like I just I love that Milo got his second appearance and then at the end Jesper was like I miss Milo and I was like I yeah. do too Jesper we all miss Milo like I do too I don't know who like whoever made the decision for this goat to be a thing was like the smartest person yeah. ever because it is probably the thing I've most attached myself to from this series. Um, but yeah, like I, I, 
Oh gosh. I don't know. So much like not enough just for buy energy. Like Nick said, I'm, I'm hoping that we get some more inklings of that in season two. Um, I, but other than that, like I mentioned, I've already said like both Mal and the Darkling were written better and portrayed and directed well. Um, like, I, I don't know anything else like that you guys just really liked about the show that were like links to the books or even changes from the books. Nothing significant. Yeah. I, I can't think of any significance. I mean, there, there's yet to be any of the great scenes in the book that they chose not to use that upset me. Like there are with some other series where I'm like waiting for two or three seasons for a specific scene to be on TV or on in the movies and they mm -hmm. chose not to use it. So that hasn't happened to me yet. So I'm sure it will at some point if the season go series goes long enough because it's inevitable with any sort of adaptation. But <laughs> God, I mean, I hope not. Like I, I, they're on well i got game of thrones is on such a good track too but the difference between game of thrones and this is that the text is already written but even even game of thrones that with where the text was written there were like three or four things that i was absolutely looking forward to seeing that they chose not to to go there and they did either either they didn't have the budget for it in some cases which i understand or they determined the actor wasn't good enough to do it which is possible in some cases, for whatever reasons, they just chose to not use those scenes. And, you know, that disappointed me. Now I understand it. You have to make trade-offs in a narrative of that magnitude. And, you know, like one of my favorite scenes that I was waiting for was Jamie and Jenna Lannister, and it never happened in the series, right? Yeah, and I mean, like, that's the thing though, like. Game of Thrones has such a had the Song of Ice and Fire has such a huge cast of characters that was never going to happen in the show. Um, the 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 good thing about this that I think we we talked about it, especially in Shadow and Bone is like it feels like we're seeing the same like five people over and over again. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and that's the thing though. Like and and you meant we mentioned Zoya earlier. Um, Zoya actually like we get none of her backstory until. King of Scars, but we actually got her backstory in this season. We know that she has family in Novokupirsk and that yep. she goes on the, like she volunteers to do the skiffs so that she can visit them, her aunt particularly. And, you know, she, like we already see how, I mean, she's upset with the situation as soon as Ivan is like, we're going to stop because we want an audience. She's like, wait, what? And then when yeah. everything happens, she is just immediately like enraged like and and, and yeah. you know so, so we're already getting character growth to be honest that zoya deserved or earlier yeah. in the series because like even it's it they're they're doing they're, and, and i think that was one of the notes that i made um like after the fact was like listen they are setting this show up to continue long enough to cover the nikolai duology yeah. so like, with so her this, backstory alone. So this is going may upset Nami and I may get now yelled at for this, but the our, the discussion of Zoya passing in the in the books. Mm -hmm. 
I must admit, the way they've made her up in the show, she could easily pass. You wouldn't know what ethnicity she was. Well, I mean, she's certainly a person of color, but yes, I, I mean, I agree. She doesn't look uh, so obviously silly the way Inej looks silly, but I also think that's um, that's a choice on Zoya's part is, is what I kind of gathered in the show. Cause like, she like talks shit about Inez. She's like, she's stupid. You know what I mean? No, like, no, it was the other. No, I didn't get, I interpret that totally differently. Oh no, that was definitely. No, like no, I thought, I thought it was actually a point of pride that she said that. I, I interpreted yeah, that the woman said, oh, these Zemini's sure have talent. And she and Zoya's like, no, she's Suli. Like maybe. I maybe I'm misreading like the way she said the line. Honestly. Yeah, I thought I saw that was indicating that she was, you know, wanted to point out, no, you're it's not the Zemini who you should be praising. It's the Suli in this case you should be praising. That's how I interpret it. I mean, I hope so. Honestly, I hope that's the route they're going. Because, like, I, but also, like, I mean, the thing about her being passing in the books, that wasn't, that wasn't Zoya's, that wasn't Zoya's opinion or thoughts. That was her mother, you know. Um, um, so that's, like, that's kind of a, like, a, a, a different, you know, I, and and also I think that at this point in the story, that's not something that it doesn't it certainly doesn't matter for Zoya's story yet. Um it will, it for sure will. And like, but I, I think the biggest thing is like the, the actress that they chose to portray Zoya is like very much you know a person of color and there's no way that you would look at this person and say that you would when i think there's i can't remember which character it was but somebody says something to zoya at some point and she's like yeah i have family in ravka i think it's ivan i think it's when they're i think it's when they're crossing the fold and ivan is like wait you have family in nova kabirsk and she's like yeah i'm ravkin like, so it's clearly like everybody already knows that Zoya, like, like they, they, she's not raw, like she, she's like Alina is Robkin. They know that she is not like white Robkin. Like, right. I, I, regardless, it's like, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to talk about because like, dude, I'm not a person of color. So I can't talk about like representation or anything, but I feel like, I feel like, and I'm hoping I'm hoping that in the show they kind of gloss over any of this nonsense where Zoya's mother was like, you can pass, um, you know, because I, I just like, but that that won't matter, I think, until much later. What matters now is that, I mean, Zoya obviously isn't a white person, but also so there's so many of the Grisha that aren't. I mean, Nadia isn't in the books. I don't remember Nadia ever being like described enough where I was like assuming she was um, a person of color. Like I, 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 I didn't necessarily assume she wasn't, but I didn't like, that wasn't my immediate like thought, but like they, they, they cast people in such a way. And also with Nadia, it's, it's like, it's whatever. Like she just, she's there. And I think with Zoya, for the most part, it is too. It's literally just Ivan who's like, wait, you have family and over beers, but Ivan's also a dick. So I think it can throw <laughs> Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, 
Uh, gosh, there's so much like good I, I could say about this. And, and you know, I, I just, Mel and Zoya not hanging up. Zoya still being a bitch about it. Uh, yep. You know, Zoya and then, oh, Zoya and the Darkling, they, they, they made their relationship explicit. Explicit. Which makes it so much clearer why Zoya is bitchy to Alina. Because um, in the books, yep. it's like, you don't really hear about anything between well, and the darkling until later. Except that, except position, right? I mean, Zoya was the darkling's fair haired girl, even though she's not fair haired. And uh, then she was replaced by the, the younger, better model. Right. I mean that. Yes, there are implications, but it's explicitly done in the show. No, no, but I'm, I'm not even talking about the romantic implications. I'm talking about the, um, power dynamic of you're the teacher's pet for all intents and purposes, and and this is your favorite student, and you're and you're and he's your mentor, and you're the protege, and all of a sudden you're no longer the protege. You've been they they found a better protege for you. Yeah, so I, mean, so, so I can see either way, it still works to me. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. Sure. I, I just, I think that it's, I think that it was good on the show's part too, because it also, again, it, it it's more Zoya character development earlier yeah. on, because we don't, we don't find out that Zoya had more than just like a student teacher relationship with the Darkling mm -hmm. until like, I, I don't know, it was, it was uh, King of Scars or World of Wolves. I think it was King of Scars, but like, we, we don't find that out till so much later. And, and I think like, seeing that earlier on like i i do i i'm you know i don't love like the whole like well you stole my man sort of thing but that's also again that's never all it was either it was absolutely also like the attention and the everything um but like i i i I think having that in there added to zoya's character development and again that's just another like they're absolutely because like they're absolutely setting this up for a King of Scars conclusion, I hope, is what I'm hoping. Like that we are gonna get this show through through the end of all of the Grishaverse if it does well. Like fingers crossed that we don't yeah. get a Game of Thrones situation where they're like, rush, rush, rush. Like we already have the text. People clearly love this show. If they keep it up with the good casting, the good writing, the good directing, the the wonderful just like like filming of it all. And you know, maybe just except for David. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I think that and, and and let's be real, they could realize that they did David wrong and fix things in season yep. two or, or later, you know, like fingers crossed. So um I don't know, like on that note, like I uh I I'm shocked this took less than two hours, but I also know it's because poor Nami had a giant allergy attack and isn't with us. Cause like Nami had so many things she wanted to write about. I might I might actually bring Nami into like a separate, like maybe this weekend or something, separate like thing. Can edit her in. Just so Nami can just so Nami can rant about all the things that she wanted <laughs> yeah, to yeah. rant about. There can be a separate two hour episode. A separate two hour episode. <laughs> Because I Nami. want to point out, we're five minutes short of two hours. Yeah. If Nami had been here, 
We would have been great. well over two hours. Well, technically, we started five minutes late, so we're ten minutes. Oh, short, but, wow. Uh, we're, yeah. We're doing good. It's at least <laughs> another hour. But, um, so, yeah, I mean, any – other than just for me, like, I want to say, like, as much as I had some minor gripes about this show, I want to say that I have not seen a book-to-show adaptation – that I thought was done as well since the expanse. Yep. I think that's a great, a great comparison. And I agree. Like I, I feel like this was a great adaptation and they did it in a way where they brought in new content that did not feel uh, separated or or alien from the original content. Yeah. Even, even like the, 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 you know, Nina and Matthias stuff, it's like, eh, I'm not in love with how it was done, but like, I also didn't hate it. You know, like Mm -hmm. I, I, my, my biggest worry is like, I want new fans to come to this series. And Mm -hmm. I worry that little things like that might throw people who've never read it off. But I mean, I watched it with somebody who's never read the books and he, had, well, he was like, oh, I really like this. So, and, and I'm now going to be hated, but I, I liked it. I thought it was solid. Um, it's no expanse. Well, I, mean, I, I think mean, the expanse is just awesome. <laughs> that's also, I mean, that's also like, I, 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 I'm, I'm comparing it to that in terms of like the the book series of the expanse turned into a TV show was a really great adaptation, and I think this is on that level of. Yes, this is that good. Like it, it, it is as good of an adaptation. But I also think, like comparing, it, you can't compare it to the Expanse because that's a totally different. Like that's a straight up sci-fi show. Yeah. Um. So, so I'm not comparing it to the Expanse, saying like I don't want to say one is better or one is worse. What I'm saying is like this is a really good adaptation, and I think that we have every reason to hope that they will continue being this good. And again. It's like, yes, they could mess it up. We saw Game of Thrones do that, even with books that were already published. But I I think that the difference is that for the first season and most of the second season and most of the third season of Game of Thrones, they really followed the books. And where they didn't is where it was like, oh, what the fuck are they doing? And with this, it was like, there were times they absolutely changed things from the books, but they did it all really well. There's a... So that's what the difference is. Like when yeah. Game of Thrones changed things from the books, even in the beginning, it was like, what the? Eh. Like Jamie yep. killing his brother or killing his cousin with like a rock to cousin. the head. Yeah, his cousin with a rock to the head. Like, okay, 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 all right, fine. Yeah, but the- like, there's no, there's the changes that they made here were for the betterment of the story as a whole or the, or the furthering of the story as a whole. To, for future show seasons and whatnot. And, and I just, I really think that, um, that what they, what they did here, it's like, it can and can't be compared to Game of Thrones. And that's why I wanted to compare it to the expanse because it was the same way with the expanse. They made a lot of changes, but what they did, it was like, we changed this book to fit into a show format. And I really think that's what they did here. And I think they did it really well. I agree. And I can't wait for season two. Oh my god! You know it's going to be. Eight well, you got a while. I, I <laughs> That's sort of Probably. the problem with binging. Instead of even having, you know, oh, I have to wait forty weeks. It's no, no, you have to wait fifty-one and six days. That's why. That's why we. That's why we. Uh, 
<laughs> That's why we just watch it six times. It's fine. All right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> on that note, thank you guys. You've watched again. it six times, Sarah? No, I've watched it twice, but I will probably watch it again. So, um, on that note, uh, once again, I'm Tara, along with Nick and Jonathan. We're sorry Nami couldn't make it, but maybe we'll do like an extra episode with Nami just so that she can <laughs> hear her opinions. Thank you again for joining us for Sagas and Sass. And we will see you in uh, two weeks when yep. we will start covering a different series. We'll be covering the covering the Temeraire series by Naomi Novik. Um, it is a very, very different series from what we've been doing so far, <laughs> but still a female author. So, yes. and also dragons, you know, so there's that. Yep. <laughs> Love dragons. All right. Have a good night, y'all. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the Sagas and Sass podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Sagas and Sass.